about you, but I feel like I heard three angels just singing. <laughs> Amen. Um, I want to I wanted just to in, give a little bit of introduction for Joseph. Joseph has been uh, an amazing brother to me, and we've had a good history of life together. Um, I recall uh, we'd, we'd had a time where we wanted to pray together, and so we would get together there at the, in carpet one and uh, pray between the couches or the beds, whatever it was. And four, three, was it sometimes three o'clock in the morning? Three or four o'clock in the morning. You know, it's rare that somebody can find, be that devoted themselves, but to find somebody else that devoted has meant a lot to me through the years. You know, we've, it's interesting how sometimes even in this little county, life can kind of drift apart. But, you know, those, those true relationships, friendships, the brotherly relationships, the sisters, that God intends for us to have life together because he wants us to spend eternity together. And uh, Joseph is one of those um, for me personally. I would say he has enriched my life in ways that he doesn't know. But I am so grateful to say um, and call him my brother and a friend, a companion. He's, he's been in so many different ways such an encouragement to me personally. I know he will be to you guys this morning. His life is a miracle. Where he is right now with us, that he can share with us the miracle that it is. And I'm so grateful to just say, Joseph, thank you for being a part of what God's doing here. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for sharing your testimony with us. Would you come up and just share with us? Let's put our hands together for him and for the Lord. Amen. I can hear myself. So I am uh, thankful for this opportunity to be sharing what the Lord has done in my life. Um, it just, uh, just things that have happened um, from since I was as uh, smaller than Graciela, um, just things that have happened in my life. And now I'm thankful that um, I've realized that there is nothing more dangerous in the world no matter than all the guns, no matter than all the weapons in the world, than a man and woman set free by Christ. And I am thankful. I am thankful. And if you have been set free, I want you guys to just lift up your hands and give God the glory, give God the praise. Because there are things, <clears throat> there are things in this life that the enemy wants to keep us down, keep us shackled up. And I am thankful. I am very thankful that God has re decided to shed his blood. Jesus Christ went willingly to the cross and shed his blood for the whole world that those shackles can be broken. And um, and I want to start really quick with, um, we're going to go to Ephesians. Um, I'm going to use this as a basis of my testimony. Um, in Ephesians chapter 2, Verses 1 through 10. And just raise your hands if you're there. Because I'd, like I'd like to involve my brothers and sisters in Christ when, when I share something. So, Ephesians 
chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Amen. And the Word of God reads, And you, us, were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together. Can you say alive? He made us alive with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Amen. Not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. Who are we? His workmanship. Can't hear you. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. So um, when, uh, when I was a kid, as uh, smaller than Graciela, um, I, uh, I used to go up north with, with my dad because uh, he, would, he would drive uh, produce trucks and we would travel. And, um, and he would usually just drop me off while he went to work. And I would stay with um, family, you know, for months during the harvest time. And um, one of my aunts, she was elderly and she loved the Lord. And I remember her taking me to um, to church with her. And it was a bilingual church, you know, so um, and uh, spoke, uh, it was uh, preached in Spanish and English and the uh, fellowship was in Spanish and English. And, um, but I remember one of my fondest memories of her was her going down the aisles, jamming with the tambourine and just singing and just like praising God and shouting. And she was probably like already in her 70s, um, 80s. And um, I would go to Sunday school uh, with, the, with the kids, uh, children's church and um and I, I remember that, and that has really made an impact in my life because I, I realized then that um, later on in life that, that those seeds were planted. Those seeds were planted, and the Lord was beginning to set me apart. And, um, and I grew up, uh, you know, and my... Uh, my Fast forward to like I was in sixth grade, and um, 
there's been a history of drugs like in our family, um, mainly uh, cocaine, heroin, pot, because um, we grew up so close to the border in Imperial Valley, and um, everything went through there. I mean, on its way to L.A., on its way to different areas in the country. And so it was always around. And um, my my mom and my sister, they uh, became uh, heroin addicts. And, um, and when I was in sixth grade, I remember seeing my mother on her way to... Uh, to Mex- Mexicali to go and celebrate her birthday. And um, I was walking to school and she stopped me because I didn't, I lived with my dad and my grandmother at that time. They were divorced. And um, and my dad had divorced my mom because of her heroin addiction. Um, and so <clears throat> I wasn't really allowed to see them, to see my mom or anything like that. So um, I saw her. And she called me over to the car. She said, yeah, I'm going down to uh, Mexicali to, for my birthday and everything. And um, I'll see you when I get back. And I'm like, yeah, all right. You know, so went to school. <clears throat> the next day, um, I remember uh, I'm in class and we're like, some of my cousins are in there. And we're all just like joking around and drawing and doing art and stuff like that. And uh, we had a male teacher named Mr. Garcia, and he, uh, somebody came to the door, to the classroom door, and he uh, set me aside, called me, called me close to him, and he said, hey, you know what, um, uh, there's someone that wants to talk to you outside. So um, I went outside, out of the classroom, and then it was a principal, and she was like hysterical. Um, she was just like, there's been an emergency in your family and this and that, you know. So I'm thinking, you know, well, what is it? You know, and she wouldn't tell me. So they're driving down to my, they're taking me to my grandmother's house. So I'm thinking, oh, something happened to my grandmother, you know, because the principal wouldn't say anything to me. They kept me all in suspense and everything. And um, I was wondering, like, what happened? Was it my dad? Was it my grandmother or something? Something and then um, I we get to my grandmother's house and my grandmother is like just like really hysterical and she comes up to the gate to get me and I'm like what's going on you know and remember I'm like about 12 years old um, what's going on and and uh, she's like well somebody wants to talk to you on the phone and I'm like geez you know and nobody was straight out with me they they um, because I guess like in our Hispanic culture, we, we grow up like in a part like where, you know, everything stays here in the family. Everything, nobody talks about anything else or anything like that. So I get on the phone and it's my uncle um, who I was never really close to. But he, uh, I get on the phone and he, and he tells me, the first thing he tells me is don't go against the family. And I'm like, well, what? You know, and so he's like, your mom was in a head-on collision this morning. Um, she didn't make it. Uh, she uh, uh, there was a, she passed away, and then a, a girl in the other car passed away. Um, 
And then he tells me this. He tells me if she would have survived, she'd probably spend the rest of her life in prison because they found so much heroin and this and that, you know, because she was coming from Mexico. And so I just like hung up on him. Um, and then uh, things went on where I began to, um, I didn't know like really what, what, what to do. I mean, I, I started like uh, hanging out with the wrong crowd and just doing things that weren't, uh, weren't good. But then uh, one day as I was riding my bike, um, I had like one of those uh, banana seat bikes. <laughs> so I was like riding the bike and I had seen these posters of, uh, you know, um, uh, kind of like Teen Challenge posters. They had like posters of, um, uh, and these were like uh, staged pictures of, of just like guys that um, were, uh, they were kind of violent in nature, but um, but on the bottom it always said Jesus is the answer. Just hear, you know, come over and hear these uh, testimonies of people that have been set free from the Lord. So um, I went there, not knowing what to expect. I mean, just I just went there, and it was like packed out, a whole bunch of youth, a whole bunch of uh, uh, people. It was mostly just kids, and, and these guys are up there, they're singing, they're all like tattooed down like all over and just like, you know, singing and worshiping the Lord and sharing about what the Lord has delivered them from and everything. And um, and I sat way in the back, way in the back. It was like probably like where Kate, um, Caleb is sitting. There was like a whole section back there. And um, these guys were sharing and worshiping and uh, thanking the Lord for delivering them from gangs. Some of them were from L.A., some of them were from uh, uh, Bakersfield and all over Southern California and everything. And um, I remember when they made the altar call um, <clears throat> of people that wanted to give their life to the, to the Lord, I tried to stay seated, but I just felt something just grab my shirt and pull me up, and I was the first one up there. And, um, and I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't go there for that, but I know that God had ordained that. Um, now I know. At that time, I didn't. I was just going just to listen to guys tell stories and stuff like that, you know, and music and all that. So, um, and I gave my life to the Lord. They took my name and everything like that. But the thing that was missing at that point, I was 12 years old. The thing that was missing at that point was discipleship. You know, um, it was just like, come to the Lord and this and that, you know. And so now, now I believe in discipleship. I mean, how important it is when people come to the Lord. And, um, and that really like, uh, there was no denying what happened. Um, but I myself like didn't really like take it as serious as I should have. Uh, and I kept on living my life and um uh 
started doing more heavier drugs. And some of the guys in uh, when I was in junior high, like I said, we were so close to the border. Some of my friends in junior high were already starting to shoot up. We'd go to school, like, I mean, nodding out and just, and um, I'd done it once or twice. And, um, and I kind of figured that, you know, well, since my mom used to do it, you know, my sister and some of my family members used to do it, um, that, you know, that that was the path that I was supposed to take. And uh, it became very, uh, very clear to me at that point um, that I just like, I mean, growing up and we, we used to like um, gangbang and fight with other guys from other neighborhoods and everything. But once we all started, once we all became drug addicts, all that was gone. We were just trying to find out, like, hey, how can we hustle? How can we do this? How can we do that? You know? And I was never really a good thief. I, but I had a car. So I would take the guys to uh, the malls and stuff like that, and they would boost. Uh, boosting was just like, you know, shoplifting and stuff like that. And, um, and so we would go to the low income neighborhoods, and uh, when it was uh, what we would call Mother's Day, when, that's when the welfare checks came in. So we would call that Mother's Day. And a lot of those single moms and stuff like that would give us like a list. Like, hey, you know what? You know, we want, that's a, at that time, the Mutant Ninja Turtles was huge. And you know what I mean? He-Man and all that. stuff. So they wanted all the bedding for that. So we uh, would get a list. And then like I'd drive the guys and we'd go. And they just like, you know, and we'd all get a cut from it and everything. And that's how we, well, that's how I supported my habit. I was never really a, a good thief. And, um, and so then I, I just, I, and I would run into other Christians because we would play handball and stuff like that at the park. And I'd run into other Christians and we'd play like uh, best out of three. We play for Gatorades or whatever, you know, for, uh, water and they would they would play also but if um <clears throat> if they beat us we had to listen to them share the gospel so so and they would invite us to church and everything but we we're just like nah nah you know and but we would see them like because they were always out on the streets you know um always out on the streets sharing sharing about what Jesus had done in their lives and how we can change and transform us and everything like that. And um, by the time I was about uh, 17, I uh, I was really, really strung out. I was, uh, the law enforcement was always after me. Um, I was uh, helping an older ex-con um, sell. And, I mean, we had guys from... Uh, Border Patrol, first responders that were strung out, that they'd come over to the neighborhood in their uh, in their vehicles. I mean, um, in their uh, state or government-owned vehicles, and they like come and get out and buy buy from us. And um, and at first, like I was like scared, like I, I don't know this guy. You know, he's coming in an immigration uniform 
and you know, with his badge and everything. And um, the guy was like, no, he goes, that guy's been a junkie for years. You know what I mean? So, you know, he's, he's, he's all right. So anyways, um, so it came down to the point where um, this guy tells me, hey, man, you know what? You know, we've been both been using too much. So, so he points at me and says, you're going to go to rehab. So he sent me to Mexico. So I went to Mexico for a couple weeks and um, he paid for everything, got clean. I got clean and I was over there and um, had to go through all the withdrawals and everything. It was uh, painful, but, um, but uh, so he comes back to get me after a couple weeks. So it's probably like about a 10 or 15 mile drive to the border to come back to California. So as we're coming back to California, he tells me, hey, you know what? You know, I got this opportunity to get some really, really strong, good stuff, you know, and you're clean. So as soon as we cross over, we're going to go to this guy's house and I want you to try it. And I'm like, you know, and right then and there, like, it was just like, because I was thinking, man, I'm going to be clean. I won't have to use no more. I'm going to make money and this and that. And. I didn't realize that I was in bondage. I was um, chained up to the prince of the power of this world, being that he had all of us in there in his grasp. And um, so I did it again, and then I started getting, as soon as I got back home, my dad was never around, so I had the house to myself. Um <clears throat> My dad was never around, and I just like uh, started using more, more and more. And uh, on one of the times um, when uh, me and one of my friends, we were in my room using, and the window was open, and my dad caught us. I mean, but what he saw was that... um, I couldn't, my veins were already all shot. Um, and I have uh, scars and everything that were, they're still like, there's there's just reminders of the life that the Lord has pulled me out of. But I was, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, inject myself. And so I had my friend just hit me like back here in the back. And that's what my dad saw. So my dad saw that my friend, Friend. He thought my friend was the one that was giving it to me, but I was the one that had it. And, and I remember um, just uh, he came in, he started coming in the hallway, and we just like pushed him out of the way and just like took off. And, and he wound up uh, filing charges on my friend. And, and then, the, um, but anyways. I, it just didn't, he, he didn't get busted for it because I didn't testify against him. So, um, so it's, uh, it was, it was just, uh, crazy at that time, just, um, that whole situation. And I want to share a scripture that, um, really spoke to me about, about that time in my life. It's in, Proverbs 14, 12. 
And I'll read it. It says, and you guys can mark it down. Because we know that the wages, now we know that the wages of sin is death, right? So in Proverbs 14, 12, the word of God says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is a way to death. And and I know like I'm sharing like from my testimony, but I also understand and know that there were ways before you guys came to the Lord that seemed right to you. There were ways that seemed right to you, but we didn't re- we didn't realize it at the time because we're blinded. We're um, we're not only blind, but we're also deaf and dumb. You know, we can't we speak different things that don't glorify God because, but it's the way it is the end. But its end is a way to death, and. When I was living that life, it became like I was lying to everybody just to get what I wanted. But mainly, I was like lying to myself, thinking that this was the right way for me, you know. And it came to a point like where when I was a teenager and I was like 17, 18 years old, I'm like, man, you know, is this all there is? Is this, I mean, am I just going to either wind up, wind up in prison, wind up there? Because a whole bunch of my friends were already going, been in and out into youth authority and um, coming out, but they were just like, and then our town, I would say our, our city was probably, Probably about as big as um, La Grande, you know, and so it was starting to grow and they were building more houses and stuff like that. So we didn't see it at that time as, um, you know, wow, our, you know, our town is growing. We just saw like when they were putting up new houses, it was like more houses to burglarize, you know, and, um, and a lot of my friends, like I said, they were burglars and, um, one of the things that I learned early on from that experience was when, because um, people used to put out, uh, they didn't have a recycling place then, but uh, but like after Christmas they would put out like the boxes of their stereo equipment, the boxes of their TVs, and so we knew what people had. So my friends would like check out the houses and and go there. And um, and one of the scams that we had was uh, we would get a that's that was when the console TVs were big, <laughs> so we would get a box and uh, put uh, bricks or wood in it and make it solid and tape it up, and then we'd go to where. Um, because there was a lot of agriculture down there. So there was a lot of um, guys from laborers, like from Mexico and stuff. So they would rent these houses. You'd have like about 10 or 12 guys staying like in a two-bedroom house. So we would go over there and, um, you know, ask them if they wanted to buy a, a TV brand new in the box, you know. 
And they'd be like, well, let me check it out. I'm like, you know what? We open the box. You got to buy it, you know, because, I mean, it's brand new. So um, we used to we used to do that. And uh, so we, we'd sell the, the box, like, for uh, 50 bucks, 75 bucks, you know. And we'd drive off, and they'd be, like, taking it inside, and then they, they'd open it. <laughs> So, I mean, that, we were just like ruthless and we were just like, that's how we, uh, that was one of the lies that that we used to like come up with. I mean, and it wasn't like, it wasn't that we were creative, it was that we were deceived. We wanted to deceive others. And, um, and one of the things that they used to, uh, there was this guy that he was a boxing coach and 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 then another guy in our neighborhood that owned a Garneseria, uh, which is like a butcher shop and stuff like that, a, a local neighborhood grocery store. And he would tell us, you know, man, you guys have like so much potential, but you guys are just like, you know, wasting away, you know. You guys are, some of you guys are going to to prison. Some of you guys are just like, just using so much dope, you know, you guys should do something, go to school, um, keep on, uh, you know, learning and stuff like that. But uh, it was uh, other people, like, they would see us and they would just say, you know what, you know, you guys are just like, um, it's just a waste of humanity. You know, you guys are just throwing away your lives and stuff like that. But nobody really shared the gospel with us except the guys when we would play handball, the guys that were a couple years older than us. So, um, but, um, and they would label us like as, you know, gang members or once a junkie, always a junkie. Or I think we've heard that said too, like we're once an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic, you know. But that's not the way God sees us. I was um, sharing this yesterday morning how um, about Gideon how the angel of the Lord came to him while he was hiding and uh, saw him the Lord spoke to him and said hey Gideon mighty man of valor you know and um, and I I really um, am thankful that uh in that time, I didn't, I didn't hear that. You know, I'm not thankful that I didn't hear that, but it, I regret not hearing that when the Lord, um, or knowing His word or anything. But I'm going to share with you guys what God did and why He did it. Back in Ephesians in chapter chapter two, same chapter four through seven. It says, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of 
His grace and kindness towards us in Christ. But God, those are two words that transform my life. But God, being rich in mercy. In Isaiah 1.18, and I'm sure some of you guys have know this scripture. Isaiah 119, it says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. And my, my sins, before I knew Christ, and I know that I'm not the only one, you know. Our sins were white, uh, were red as scarlet. They were messed up. Messed up. And this picture, it really, uh, that was one of the points where there's a point in everybody's life where you have an aha moment like, whoa, why didn't I grasp this sooner? Why didn't, when I heard the gospel, why didn't I grasp this sooner? You know, I mean, I've seen Christians, I've talked to Christians and everything, they've shared with me, but why didn't I catch it then? <clears throat> and it comes to a head. I I believe, I sincerely believe that um, there's a thin line between God's mercy and God's judgment. Because I had friends that had given their lives to the Lord, were serving God, on fire for the Lord and everything like that, and they decided, one more time, I'm going to shoot up. One more time, I'm going to take that hit of PCP. One more time, and they're gone. You know, um, and I am uh, very blessed and thankful that the Lord showed his great mercy towards me and um and his and his love and the 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 gospel of his great love Romans 5 8 but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners Christ died for us and then I began to realize man it's a personal relationship. Christ died for me, you know, to set me free from the bondages of, of darkness, of heroin addiction, and just living a lie. And he made us alive. And this is like my, this this was the first scripture I memorized. This was 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old the oldest pass away. Behold, the new has come. You know, um, there was a a time with that picture. Um, I was uh, I was really like I was still strung out. I was messed up, um, and and I know that those brothers that I played handball with had always been praying for me, you know, because every time we talk, you know, and um, and uh, 
And it came down to the point where I uh, had a loaded handgun and I was um, going to end my life. And, uh, and I remember we had that picture in the house at my dad's house. My dad wasn't there. I was there by myself. Um, and that picture had been in the hallway of our house. And, and I'm in the dining room. And as I was going to end my life, I had the, the barrel of the handgun to my temple. And, and I cried out to God. I said, uh, God, if you're for real, if you're real, you need to show me. And when I went like that, that picture was right there in the dining room, in the hallway. And, of course, I just put the gun down and and I knew. I just started just bawling. And as I looked at that picture, and I know some of you guys have probably realized that too, but how inside the house... It's dark. It's nothing but darkness. There's no light in there. And Jesus is the light of the world, and he wants to come in, and he's knocking on the door. There's no door handle. You have to open it from the inside. And I began to realize that um, he was there the whole time, knocking, knocking. And if you guys have loved ones that are messed up, that are addicted to whatever it is, alcohol, pornography, any anything, drugs, fentanyl, um, not knowing what gender they are, tra- messed up, Jesus is knocking on their door. Jesus is knocking on their door. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Because I'm a testimony that the Lord, he was knocking on that door and I opened it up. And at that moment, I called those guys that I played handball with, those guys, and um, they're like, hey, just stay right there, man. Somebody's going to be right there and pick you up. And and then I began to get discipled. I began to get um, to hang out with them and uh, just be, I lived with them for a while. And and sometimes like I just like didn't, it's crazy when you get a whole bunch of guys together that all they do is in the morning is pray, <laughs> breakfast, Bible study, do some chores around the place, lunchtime, pray, Bible study, eat. <laughs> and it was like, it was a spiritual boot camp. And a lot of those seeds that um, were planted in me when I was small, that's why it's important to share the gospel with your grandkids, your Little kids, just share what the Lord has done and what he's doing. And when he seated us, like where he says that he has seated us in the heavenly places, he's positioned us. And John 1.12, this is like one of my favorites. John 1.12, but to all did he say just like one person? No, he said all. All the, to to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right 
to become children of God. So I am no longer, you know, a junkie. I am no longer a liar. I am no longer part of a, a theft ring. I am no longer part of blackmailing people, lying to people. Now, I have, because of Christ, because of what he did, I am a child of the king, and so are you guys. And I just thank you. I thank you that how God did it. <clears throat> he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And sometimes we, uh, and this is not of our own doing. It is the gift of God, and this is just in time for Christmas because as I, I was listening, reading the words of uh, Christmas, and um, I like to say it in Spanish because it says Christmas, but it's Mas Cristo, more Christ, not a result of works so that no one may boast. By grace, his undeserved favor, God's gift, of forgiveness and no condemnation and new life. We can't earn God's favor. It came through Jesus. And as we know, like in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes. And I like to um, play with that word believe because I, to me it means like to be living. Be living, be mobile, be moving in him, should not perish, but have eternal life. God's workmanship in Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ, in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So I don't care what, what you guys have been going through, what things have happened in your life, but know that God is molding us. God is shaping us. We are his workmanship so we can glorify him. Um, Tina shared last time when I was here about uh, salt and light. We are salt and light, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. <clears throat> so um, we are uh, made for good works to serve. My wife had shared something about us serving. And I'm going to close with this one, that not only are we children of God, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's not a it's not a light, it's a marvelous light, a brilliant light. It's uh and he's the one that called us called us out of darkness. And and I'm thankful that he called each and every one of us out of darkness, but there's still people out there that are in the dark. There's still people that are bound by uh just different things that they're separated from the Lord. And I just pray that um, that this testimony that 
what I shared would just be instilled in us to stir us up to keep on praying, staying in His Word, disciple others, and bring others out of darkness into the light through the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit and through God. Amen? Thank you, guys. Thank you, brother.